Hey, I'm Matt Hudgens, and he's Dave Mulvaney, and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how you doing today, buddy? Great, Matt. And you? I am doing great. This is the uh, first day or second day of our uh, new format, right? So we're talking about the four pillars of wealth and how we use our businesses to build wealth. Um, and today I was going to interview you and, and you and your entrepreneurial journey and, and how you've used uh, that to build your wealth along the way. So thought we'd start out today, episode 155, and I'm going to interview Dave Mulvaney and, and see what kind of themes evolve. So first thing I do, I'll just do kind of your, your, your quick bio and you can kind of help me here towards the end. So uh, I love your story. You came down from Wisconsin and never went home, right? Came down to Florida and never went home. I love it. You got locksmith, right? So you had locksmith's business. From that, you got into uh, V-Blocks, uh, which was... Uh, LED lights. I remember you'd go to China and kind of had your own uh, LED lights that you would bring back in here and, and sell. So you've been doing import exporting from China since like 98, which is pretty cool. Um, you coach contractors. You had something called the contractor blueprint. You've been doing real estate uh, so for a long time. Uh, you called it BDM properties. Uh, we got the lifetime lights. So you got lifetime lights still going right now. You've got Green Dog, which is the dog food business, which is still going right now. You've got the uh, 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 copywriting, Dave Mulvaney International. And then I think you're starting a new, uh, another new real estate uh, syndication type business. So, so, yeah. So, so what I miss and what are you working well, on um, now? Uh, so uh, you are right. I came down from Wisconsin in 1987 for bike week in Daytona. And I did stay. I have gone back to visit, but... Uh, I have that philosophy that snow is something you should visit like you just did. You just visited snow. So, yeah, that's right. um, but you know, um, the, the, the entrepreneurial journey started for me at a very young age. When I say a very young age, I'm talking in my, like when I was um, in my single digits, um, I would, I would shovel driveways, uh, cut grass, was painting porches and, and doing all sorts of things by my teens um, selling, I would buy candy at the store and sell candy at school. So much of it that it actually got me suspended in junior high. Uh, so, um, <laughs> That's awesome. that, that because you weren't allowed to do that. And my mom said, but you sell the same things in the, in the lunchroom. She argued and, and they said, and she was like, well, I guess you just don't want competition, but to make a long story short in 1992, I did buy my first real business. I say real business because I tried several things over the time, but it was a full-time business. That was the locksmith business. Um, in 1998, I launched uh, Florida Power Systems, which became V-Blocks, which we, we manufactured. We first started in lightning and surge protection equipment um, in, in the late 90s when in, for commercial and industrial facilities. And there really wasn't any industry at that time. So I saw right. an opportunity in the power quality industry that did not exist. And everything was going to computerized manufacturing. So I saw this hole in the electrical marketplace that was massive. And so, you know, anytime you're looking for something, you, you choose a niche or a niche. Um, and that was an extremely uh, big niche in a massive marketplace. Um, and we, we grew into energy efficiency products. And we really grew. We didn't actually start in the LEDs until about, I really started going to China I was exporting to China in, uh, from 2002 on, um, but I started importing from China in 2009 because of my relationship. And that's when the LED lighting business really started. And that was before um, 
there was really an LED business in the United States. So at that time in 2009, I launched the Lifetime Lights brand. Um, later, we spun that off by itself, uh, mainly because that niche I told you about for V-Blocks, uh, that niche, we saturated the marketplace. Um, in fact, you could go into electrical closets in almost any industrial, well, probably about 40% of the industrial and commercial manufacturers in the United States, and you'd see our products. So when you get that big of a market share, all of a sudden, our products, we made them so well, we couldn't keep selling. So <laughs> we, we had to innovate. Well, innovation brought us to LED lighting and... Um, it was, you know, it was those innovations that that changed our business model and um, to really to really, I guess you'd say that was the that that change in business model. I'll, I'll talk more about that later, uh, but um, that's what was ultimately the um, the thing I hated. I became I loved V-Blocks when it started and, it be, and I would play golf three times a week. I'd take the entire month of December off. I built the business exactly the way we talk about. Um, yeah. I, had the, I had the time freedom. I had the money freedom. I had all the things I wanted. And as we grew and we continued to innovate, the business get, wasn't fun anymore. And when it lost its fun, the business took over my life. And it was really miserable. It was a really miserable thing. So today I'm free, but we'll, we'll probably go more into that. So that's a little brief history today. I just We did just launch BDM Capital Group. Um, we are investing in multifamily um, syndications as well as um, we've been in real estate investing since 1992. I will tell you that, and we'll probably talk more about this later, Real estate is the one thing that saved my ass in times of trouble. And uh, what I mean by that is when we talk about the four pillars, it's not just real estate that saved me. I had the investment accounts, the retirement accounts. Um, I had income producing properties that when my main business got in trouble, it was a thing that sustained me. So you talk about four pillars and um, real estate has always been that backbone for me because at a very young age, I learned through um, studying that you can, real estate is about control. You never actually own real estate. I argue, I've argued this point many times. You never own it. Why? Because if you own something free and clear, you still have to pay your property taxes or they will take the property from you. So you never really own real estate. When you understand that, when you realize that real estate is really about controlling an asset rather than owning it, and when you control it, you can create income. When you understand that premise, you understand that there's no limit to the amount of wealth you can make by controlling large assets in real estate. So BDM Capital Group is about going out into the marketplace and acquiring much larger assets instead of single family homes and small multifamily. It's about acquiring much larger assets, pooling other investors' resources with ours so that we can control much larger, larger assets, get bigger pieces of the pie, and have that one pillar far more solid than it's ever been. So that's that's the quick overview, I guess, of, of my history. I'm sure I missed some, but so what? No, no, that's actually really good. And, and you're really, you know, what you're working on right now is that the syndication, you know, what we have going on right now is you have the syndication real estate you're doing. You still have the residential real estate. You still have the dog food. You still have the copywriting. You still have the consulting and coaching. Yes. Uh, so with copywriting, um, so I coach uh, copywriting for Ray Edwards International, and um, I coach in their certified copywriter program. And so um, it was really back in, when I had the locksmith business that um, 
I met a man in my locks. Uh oh, we're getting some feedback. You okay? Good. Um, I met a man in my locksmith business who actually had um, just basically he 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 was very wealthy. I was making a key to his car as a Bentley. He had a Bentley, and you could just the guy just smelled like money. And he, at that time. Um, he said, if there's one thing you should study, it's the art of copywriting. And I had no clue. I didn't even know what that was. But it was after that that I went to a Barnes and Noble and I bought uh, Dan Kennedy's The Ultimate Sales Letter. And I um, and I used that to build my locksmith business, that knowledge. And then later I, I purchased a, a Clayton Makepeace course for 5000 It was the most I'd ever spent on an online course online. Think about that. But then it wasn't I made the purchase online. Um, but they mailed you the, the, the CDs and the, all the other printed materials. And, um, but it was through those things. And then over the years, I've spent a lot more learning the art of copywriting. But what copywriting taught me to do was to sell products really effectively by telling great stories. That's really what it boils down to. So it's not just telling great stories. It's telling stories that people can listen to and say, I can put myself in that story and it's going to solve my problem. And so um, I, in 27, 2016, um, I signed on with Ray Edwards to learn from Ray to be one of his uh, coaching clients. And I uh, went through his certification program and they, they eventually offered me a position as a consultant uh, to coach their students. What I want to say about Ray Edwards is that it's a 12 month program. It takes more than 120 hours of study to pass their certification program. That's a lot of time commitment on the side. You pay five figures or more for the, for the privilege of doing that. And then when you're certified, his certified copywriters make money in copywriting, whether they're selling their own products or other people's products. So I do that, um, not so much uh, for the financial, I, I certainly don't coach for the financial uh, profit. I don't need the money. It's the it's what I learn from coaching others. Um, what's that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio where he's like the 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 con man? He stays ahead one step ahead. And oh, what? Catch me again. Yeah, yeah, catch me again. So well, it's in that movie. They're like, how did you teach? You've heard me say this before. How did you teach at a university? How did you do that? How'd you pull that off? And he said, well, I I didn't have to like know everything. I just had to stay one chapter ahead of the student. Well. Um, that's kind of how I feel about coaching copywriting because it's a, it's a constant learning experience. And as I'm coaching, I'm learning from people looking at the ways that they write saying, Oh, this could be better this. And so it really forces me to be a better writer and have a better understanding of marketing. So that's why I do it. Um, but that's, uh, so that, that part of my business, um, you know, I take on very few clients, probably four external clients a year. I'm very selective. Um, I don't take on any jerks. If you're a jerk, I don't work with you. Um, but you know, four or five clients a year, they pay they pay pretty well, but they make money. That's what it boils down to. I mean, either you make money or 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 not. Um, but I'm not going to take somebody that's not going to make money, which means I look at your product, I don't believe in it. Those type of things doesn't mean I'm always right. Just because I don't believe in your product doesn't mean I'm right. Well, let's circle back now, and because what we're actually saying is. It's almost saying my question would be more like, you know, what lesson have you learned along the way when you when you build these businesses and you build these self-managing companies? And your key thing was was marketing, was copywriting, right? So so you use Dan Kennedy's the ultimate sales letter to help your locksmith business. You must have used some of that knowledge 
to grow the the surge protection business and the and the lighting business, right? Yeah. So um, we've talked about this. There's an episode way back that's called the fifty million dollar lead magnet. So I wrote this book, Energy Savings Without Getting Scammed. It was an ebook in the early days of Google AdWords, and um, and so I launched that ebook running Google AdWords, and that was it. Basically, it was a about a 40 page sales letter. And people don't know what a sales letter is. It's a very informative um, process that leads you to one conclusion or two conclusions, really. This ain't for me or it is for me. Um, So that book was my recruiting tool to bring distributors into V-Blocks and those people who'd resell our products. Um, We were pulling about 4,000 leads a year from running those ads. And, And our typical... Uh, distributors opening order was a minimum of 25,000. Uh, many of them were coming in with a $65,000 opening order. We had huge margins. So that ebook is what made VBlocks the success it was. Uh, you know, it, but that little lead magnet, which is using that Clayton Makepeace uh, course, that lead magnet brought in about $50 million over, over about a you know, six-year period of time. Just one one piece of content. So yes, I've always used copywriting to bring in uh, business. In the real estate business, uh, I'll just say in 2017, um, I needed a lot of money. I needed fast. We, Beth and I bought 11 properties um, almost with no money out of pocket, no credit, 11 properties worth about 1.7 million. We've, we've recently liquidated them for huge margins. Uh, we, we still have two left, but um, that, you know, that one, and that was done with, uh, with the sales letters as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, I knew that. I, I knew you had a sales letter there. So that, that's like, that's where we got to get the confidence. You and I talk about that. It's easy to, 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 to generate sales for your business, whatever business you're in, because you're talking about using copywriting and sales letters and marketing material for a locksmith business, for the lighting business, for your residential real estate business, right? I mean, think about it. That's literally what you're saying. And so I'm sure that would work for a chiropractor, a dentist, a builder, a XYZ, you know, lawnmower guy, right? Well, you know, it's, you asked, um, what am I, um, I, I'm trying to think of how you, how you structured the last, the last question, but um, how do I run all these companies self-managing? The, any company that you own um, can be self-managing if you set up the right people in place and the right systems in place so that you can bring the sales in on almost automation, bring the sales in on automation. And then your job is just to take care of the customer and do a great job at that. That's what you've got to be really good at. But where most businesses struggle is they never bring in the sales. Okay. So going back to the guy with the Bentley at the locksmith shop, this has stuck with me my entire life. When he said, study the art of copywriting. I, I was a locksmith, dude. I didn't know squat. I barely graduated high school. And, and I was like, the first word out of my mouth was, what is copywriting? I had never heard of it. And he said, it's the ability to turn words into cash. Okay. Now I handed him his key. He left the business and I did. And, and that began a life of study because I'm like, how do you turn words into cash? And, but then now I realized that's the problem most businesses have. And we talk about using business as a tool to build wealth. The number one thing you have to do is generate sales in your business. But sales are not enough. You have to be profitable. And the only way to be profitable is you have to differentiate yourself from 
all of your competition. And if you have no competition, you're probably in the wrong business because without competition, you probably don't have a big business. Nobody wants to be there unless you've got some unique product. It won't last forever. Um, but so profitable sales require differentiation. Don't have to be enormously different. You just have to be different. And that's what copywriting can do is it can really accentuate those differences and show people how your product makes their life better. You know, so, I mean, that... I love it. That's not I mean, that's perfect. I'm sitting here saying, turn words into cash. That's what I wrote down. Turn words into cash. Say you got to have sales, but not just sales. You got to be profitable in order to be profitable. You got to differentiate yourself. You use copywriting to differentiate yourself, how you're new, unique, how you're different. Right? Yeah. And so that's actually perfect. So bringing it back down to the four pillars. So the four pillars are owning a business, investing in real estate, you know, cash generated real estate, building a retirement account, and then creating wealth through long-term wealth accumulation, right? And so it's interesting to me that if you start, you know, I'll ask you, but I know the answer in that. All right, look, so, so you had businesses. The point of the business is to provide enough money to provide for your lifestyle. But then the real point in order to build the four pillars is you got to have excess cash flow coming in from that business that you can buy real estate, that you can start a retirement account, that you can accumulate wealth by sucking it, uh, siphoning it off of the business. So let's go back to that and say, you are always doing two or three things at one time, right? So the locksmith business, when did the real estate start with the locksmith or the lighting? How did that fit in? Because that was you starting your second pillar. So um, in 1992, before I bought my locksmith business, I bought, uh, no, uh, yes, before I bought my locksmith business, I was a locksmith working for a company in Jacksonville, and I had gone out to open a um, a vacant duplex uh, and, and make keys to the house. I met a real estate agent there. The place was trashed. I mean, completely trashed, rat infested, um, just nasty, garbage inside, flies, um, just, it was the nastiest place. You could barely breathe in there. And um, and as, as I built a relationship while I'm there working with this real estate agent, um, he was telling me that this lady, Mary, um, was literally had to get rid of this place. She couldn't support it, couldn't handle the rentals, didn't have any money to put in it to fix it. And um, I had had a job long enough that I knew if I could get this property for about half of what they're asking, then I would be able to qualify for a FHA mortgage. And but. The problem with FHA is you can't buy a place that's trashed. So in order for, so I did put an offer, she accepted it. So over half off of the price. So she was asking like 80,000, this is in 1992. I offered 39,500, she accepted it, but the FHA loan would never pass. So FHA inspector came in, said that all of this stuff has to be fixed before we can approve the loan. I got Mary to agree that if I did all that work, they would credit me at closing, but that would not count for my down payment. It would be an addition off the down payment. And so um, I did all the work. I got an extra like $3,500 off the price of the house by doing the work. And we we literally fixed up one side. We moved in. And then so our payment was like $400 a month. Then I fixed up the other side and we rented that out for $550 and I lived for free. And about five months later, that locksmith shop came, came up for sale and then I bought that locksmith shop and then we bought a house close on the other side of town where that locksmith shop was. And I rented out the entire duplex. So we had $1,100 a month coming in from the duplex, my payment of $400. 
my payment on my other house was just over $300. So I was living free. And that's what really gave me the taste of what the possibilities were in real estate. And then I could focus on my business, my locksmith business, and growing that. Um, what's not on my LinkedIn profile is all of the failures, all of the tr businesses I tried. I had a paint and body business that I invested $30,000 in, and um, it was gone in six months. And so I invested in other things. I've tried a lot of things, uh, but that is, that is what business is all about. I think too many people are afraid to try. Um, you got to be willing to fail. Um, and, and that means you're trying marketing techniques, you're trying all these things. And I mean, it, it's not always as rosy as everybody sounds, but you got to be willing to take that chance. Well, that's actually right. We're going to come back to that. I, I, I didn't know, I didn't know that about the $30,000 failure right there. But let's go back to the real estate. So, so you actually were doing the real estate pillar before you even had the business. Yeah. But you bought a value-added piece of property. You didn't buy this fancy piece, this fancy piece of real estate that the tenants already in it and stuff. I mean, the way to do this is to add value. You, you fixed up the half, you lived in the half, you rented out the other half. And then once you had it all repaired, then you you moved to another house and then you rented out both sides of that duplex, right? So so you didn't go buy this turnkey product. I mean, you went in there and sweat equity and get stuff done. Now, today, if I was buying multifamily. Um, I want value-add properties, but I want them in great neighborhoods. Um, right. In other words, I'm not going to buy, I, I've bought many houses in what I would consider war zones. Um, right. When I was young, I could go in the house and carry a gun with me all night and not have to worry about it. Um, today, I have a policy that if I wouldn't send my wife to work there uh, during the evening, in other words, if it's if it wouldn't be safe for her to work there during the evening, I won't buy the property. So. Okay. Um, that means I don't buy in D neighborhoods. Uh, and so, you know, that's just a, just a fact of the matter. But when we talk about the four pillars, owning a business is the single thing that can build the rest of these pillars. Now, I believe you have to take 20 points off the top for your business. Okay. What do you mean by that? Tell us that. So when you, for every sale you make, you got to be profitable enough to be able to say 10% is going to go into this fund over here for my business, an emergency fund for my business, uh, which will later be used to purchase cash flowing assets. The other 10% um, is going to be first out there to eliminate bad debt. Yep. And that means personal bad debt, other things. You got to get rid of that bad debt. And then once that bad debt's gone, then you can start looking at that other 10% and start acquiring assets in a much more rapid way while you're building this nest egg, this safety net in your business. And it was those, those things that I did instinctually of building these side nest eggs. Because the reality is, if you, you need to do that in your personal life. Whatever you're being paid personally, you got to put 10% aside. I believe you give 10%, whether, whether you're Christian or not, it's not relevant. You, get, you can give to other charities, whatever. Um, but you give 10% and you save 10%. What that does is it creates a mindset of abundance. It's not about the giving, it's the mindset of abundance. And so um, that frees you that when you have the other 80%, as you eliminate your debts, you can spend it without guilt, without. Now, um, in addition to that, and you own a business, I believe you need to put a 401k into place and benefits package for your employees. Right. Many business owners will say, I did this for myself. You need to do it for your employees because the biggest complaint, as you know, Matt, is people saying, I can't find good people. Well, it's probably because your benefits package suck and you don't pay enough. Right. 
You want good people? Pay them better and give them a great benefits package. That includes 401k. That, I mean, and if you're, you can have a SEP account, there's other options. It doesn't have to be 401k. But um, the point is, that is another pillar. So that's in addition to the 20 points off the top in your business. So if, you know, I, I can, I could hear if I'm sitting across the table from somebody right now, I can hear them going, where am I going to get like 30% of my profit to do all this? Well, if you can't make that much, you're in the wrong business or you're managing your business improperly. That's the truth. Business is meant to be profitable so that you can build the lifestyle you want. You know, it's not the other way around. <laughs> no, and, and, that, and that's your point. That kind of goes back to, to our core belief as we believe, you and I believe anybody could build a profitable business, right? Yeah. And, and, and part of that, your key is going to be going back to turn words into cash. The way you like to improve the business is with systems and processes and with automating sales, with good copywriting, with good marketing, right? And so whether that's your locksmith business whether that's your lead magnet for your, your uh, lighting and surge protection business, right? Whether that's a chiropractor, whether that's a dentist, whether that's a landscaper, if you had a great lead magnet that automatically generated referrals, generated leads, generated prospects, and you could close those prospects and now you just service those prospects. And now we got so many of them that we can charge premium prices and get premium profits. And now we start to be able to save your 10%, 10%. 10%, right? You're 30% off the top that you get to start funding the other pillars. That is the point. I, I think people, well, one, I don't think people believe they can do that, right? I think people just find a job and, hey, I'm, I'm making enough to pay my bills. That's good enough. No, it's not good enough. That's what you and I are saying. No, it's not good enough. Then you just have a job. It just happens to be you're your own boss, but but it's a job, right? Yeah. You don't yeah. work tomorrow. You don't work tomorrow. You don't get paid, right? Very true right? You've got to, you've got to build your business that it is profitable. And you said the words earlier, how do you do that? You got to have sales and you got to have profit. How do you have profit? You differentiate yourself. How are you different? How are you unique? How are you uh, uh, different than the competition, right? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be massively different. Like I said, different is just different, right? Different is better, right? So, so my background and your background are, are different, but we could sell the same product but, but I'd have certain people that would come to me and you'd have certain people to come to you just because the way we talk and our backgrounds are different. Yeah, right? you got it. You got to be willing to try and fail. And I'm going to use some uh, public traded corporations. Think of GM. They launched Saturn. OK, well, the, the Saturn's not out there anymore. Think of GM. They launched Hummer. Hummer's not out there anymore. OK, they tried these things. I'm not saying, look, GM fails because they borrow too dang much money. And they, look, there's only two reasons a company will fail. Not enough profit too much debt. Those are the only two reasons a business will fail. So you got to have sales with profit. And if you can eliminate the debt, you can launch a brand like Hummer and never have to worry about the money. The, that, that's the, the fact. Two reasons a business will fail. And, they, and, and too many people don't focus on that. But when you're in a position where you can try things, you can launch a Hummer brand, you can launch a new these new things because you're in a financial position, you can do it. One out of 10 could be a home run. And it's the only thing you need is that one home run. You've got to be willing to fail in business. Just, just because you fail in business doesn't mean the whole company fails. In many cases, just that product, you threw some money and it didn't work. So yeah. what? You're on your way to finding your way. Tell us quickly, just give us the one or two minute, minute thing. Like why did the, uh, your 30,000 failure, would you say paint and body shop? Yep. What do you think you went wrong? What'd you learn from that? And just give us you know one or two minutes. Uh -huh. 
I chose a partner who was an excellent paint and body man. But when if you choose a partner and they start drinking at eight in the morning and they, they stop drinking about midnight, um, it doesn't matter how good they are at, the, at their at what they do, um, you're not going to be successful in business. So I would say, um, look, business is a team sport. Whatever you're doing, everything is a team sport. So um, think who, not how, right? you got to bring in people to make any company successful. But if the people you choose are the wrong people and you don't vet them well enough, the learning experience in that was I spent $30,000 to learn how to choose people. And so that was the biggest failure was choosing the wrong person. So All right. That's fair enough. That's actually really good. All right. So, so uh, let's kind of wrap this up last couple of questions or so, you know, the four pillars, the business, real estate, build retirement. Uh, what pillar do you think you need the most improvement on right now? What, what are you working on in your pillars? Why? So, um, I would say the, the, the last two, which would be the retirement area. Um, now yeah. I have a retirement account, but it's, it's nowhere near where, um, where it should be uh, because I was fully funding that through V blocks and the partnership of that. I mean, I haven't been funding it as much lately. I've been, I've been back in growth mode again with businesses. So that pillar is, is weak. The other pillar would be um, the last pillar, which is uh, long-term cash flow and wealth. And when, when I say the last pillar, um, the, it doesn't matter. I, I say it this way. It doesn't matter the dollar amount that's going to be on your balance sheet. What matters is the monthly income. So that last pillar, I believe, has more to do with income. You can't do it without, well, you could. You can do it on any of these single pillars, but if the legs get kicked out from you on any one pillar, you can end up in trouble. So that last pillar is about income and income across all of those four pillars. And when you have that, sure, you're going to have maybe seven or eight, you know, you're going to have a lot of zeros there, six, seven, or, you know, zeros. And that's great. But as long as that's producing the cash flow that you're wanting, if you have a million dollars in the bank and you're only getting a half a percent of interest, that sucks. The, the point is you need to make sure that whatever you're getting is bringing you the cash flow that you want, the returns from your money. Kiyosaki talks about making your money go to work for you. That's what the last pillar is really about is, is bringing it. So those are the two pillars that probably have, um, I would say, the least of my focus at that, at this time. However, the real estate pillar, my focus is on the last pillar as well. That's why I'm going into larger multifamily and mini storage and things like that, because I'm looking at the last pillar and the second pillar um, to build that third pillar. So, right. I was going to say, you're exactly right. You will use the, the real estate to generate wealth going forward because the real estate, these commercial properties will appreciate, and that'll be capital for your wealth accumulation. They will also generate cash flow that, that is kind of self managing, right? They'll have somebody yep. property manager to manage the property. So that can produce cash flow and that wealth accumulation. And then the retirement stuff, you need to start said, you know, taking money out of each of these things and, and start funding your own retirement account, 401k or pre save taxes, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because the government gives enormous incentives for you to fund your retirement account. So you need to fund them. I mean, there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You need to have life insurance case. You're doing all this and you die before you get it all done. Got to make sure your family's okay. You got to yeah, make sure you get it. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's all right. That's right. And then eventually you get it all taken care of and you don't need the life insurance anymore and you you're using the, the tax advantages of the retirement plans because we don't want to pay taxes today. We'll, we'll, we'll manage those taxes later. Yeah, let someone else worry about your taxes right after you die. <laughs> All right, so that, that's really good. I was going to sum this up. So I'd like to call this episode Turn Words into Cash with Dave Mulvaney. 
All right, so turn turn words into cash with Dave Mulvaney. Uh, there's a lot of stuff here that, that I didn't know before we started this conversation, right? So, so that is one of them, turn words into cash. Your whole theme about how you've built any of your businesses, as I go back to the locksmith, the lighting, uh, the real estate, has all been with words, with good copywriting, with a good lead magnet. And, and I think you said it, that, that I'm trying to automate the sales because then I can just concentrate on fulfilling the sales and keeping those customers happy, yeah. right? So, so yours would be, hey, let's build the business and we're going to build the business by you know, making them come. We don't just build it and hope they'll come. We're going to make them come with a lead magnet in our whole sales and marketing process. We always say target market, irresistible offer, million dollar message, right? That's what you've been doing to build every business you've ever had, right? And you're going to use that same thing when you start building your commercial property stuff. I'm sure you'll get into the marketing lead magnets and how we're going to round up the investors, how we're going to find, identify the properties to purchase, right? Yeah, yeah. And and the 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 finality of it is is one is just sure you can turn words into cash, but um if you're in the right market, uh, you'll find the you know, you can put a right message in front of the right audience. Um if you the the one thing that is from this, you got to have traffic. You can have a great message, million dollar message, you can have a great offer, but if you don't have people who look at that offer, you'll never have success. So that's where the ads come in. That's where attraction comes in. And um, traffic is a big component to that, which is a whole nother discussion. But you and I have done a lot of episodes on marketing. So well, and that's why, right? Why do we do so much on marketing? Because it really is all about marketing. We do our business coaching and consulting on anybody can, can generate leads. And then as long as you're good at whatever you do, you're a good chiropractor, you're a good dentist, you're a good painter. Yeah. As long as you're good, no, it doesn't matter unless somebody knows. So you need the marketing machine on the front end to get them so you can do what you're good at, right? Precisely. And 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 why we coach a lot on the business side is because the business is easy to generate those leads to generate more profits, which then helps you fund the four pillars all around, right? A lot of people are just barely scraping by. Well, that's baloney. You should do more than you should thrive. You should you should build a business that you, that you thrive in, and that, that's kind of what we get into. I liked your money management stuff. You talked about 10% for, for, for emergency fund and 10% for charity and 10% for kind of reinvestment or debt elimination and then reinvestment. Yeah. That's a great little money uh, lesson where you're, you're trying to give yourself an abundance mindset. And for that, you have certain categories. Reminds me of Profit First. You were Profit First before yeah. Profit First. You guys ever, you should go read the book Profit First or go Google it Profit First. Um, so this is great. And so, so I'll bring this full circle in that turn your words into cash. This is what we want to talk about now, the four pillars of wealth. You build your business, your business generates cash flow for you to live off of, that generates cash flow, excess cash flow that you can invest in real estate, that you can invest in a retirement plan, that you can invest or, or, or siphon or accumulate wealth that will generate cash in, in the future, right? That's the four pillars. These are the kind of conversations. You've done it, you are doing it, you continue to do it, right? Yeah. This is what we do in our uh, group coaching program, our mastermind group. Uh, Matt at ProfitabilityMD.com, Dave at ProfitabilityMD.com, if you want to look into that, right? We talk about our irresistible offer is still our profit acceleration session, so we can help you find excess cash in your business, $50,000, $75,000, $100,000 without spending a dollar more in advertising and marketing. This is what we do. This is how we do it. Generate the extra leads, generate the extra business, which generates the extra cash flow, which helps you build your own four pillars. That's what we believe. Anybody can do it. That's a profit acceleration session. Matt at profitabilitymd.com. Dave at profitabilitymd.com. 
This is fun, man. This is our new format. Uh, Dave Mulvaney turned words into cash. It was our first episode on the new format. And I love it, man. This was good stuff. I learned some stuff. And next week, we're going to talk about how Matt Hutchins has helped his clients turn words into hundreds of millions of dollars because um, they do it on a much bigger level because you help lots of uh, people um, protect their wealth, grow their wealth, more importantly, grow their wealth in a safe but efficient manner over a long period of time. And, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to that next week, Matt. That'll be fun. This is good stuff, man. Enjoy it, Dave. All right. We'll talk soon. Take care, man. Bye. Where's my recording button? There.